Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We hope that you'll be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Let's just have a word of prayer before we go uh, into the Word. Father, we thank you so much for this morning hour. We thank you for this beautiful day, Lord, that you have made. We will rejoice and we will be glad in it. Thank you for your holy word and thank you for your mighty Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us into the revelation of your word. Thank you for giving us eyes to see as well as ears to hear and a heart that understands your ways in the kingdom. So as we dive into your word this morning, we thank you for feeding us, and we thank you for instructing us in the ways of righteousness. For all of these things, we give you praise and thanks. In the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today I want to minister to you on the subject of the value of spiritual disciplines. The value of spiritual disciplines. Those of you that we were here uh, last Sunday or maybe watched online, you recall I shared with you the message of the cross. I emphasize the need for self-denial, and the true disciple's call is to take up his cross and to follow Christ daily. I also spoke about the cost of discipleship, and I closed with the words of the Apostle Paul from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, when he said, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be cast away. I spoke extensively on the need of crucifying the flesh, keeping the body under, and in order to successfully and daily uh, and continually being able to do that, we need to maintain a strong spirit man, a strong inward man who is fortified and empowered with the strength of God. Keeping the body under or crucifying the flesh requires a disciple who has been strengthened by God in his inward man, as well as one who has a mind that's been touched by the Holy Spirit and is renewed. Would you say amen to that? So today, we will study some of the most important spiritual tools, if you will, or maybe you can call them disciplines or spiritual exercises that God has given us in order to keep renewing our mind 
and strengthening our inner man. Now, these tools, some call them spiritual disciplines, others call them spiritual exercises or principles, whichever you would like to call them, but they help to prepare us and to make us ready and spiritually and mentally and emotionally fit to run the race that God has called each one of us to run and to be able to do those good works which the Lord, the Bible says, has prepared for each one of us to walk in them. Ephesians chapter 2.10. In order for you and I to complete our mission while here on the earth, we need to be strengthened spiritually, we need to be whole emotionally, and we need to be healed mentally, as well as physically. Are you with me? Amen. Now, these disciplines are given to us by God to enable us to reach that place of being spiritually ready and fit to be able to complete the task that the Lord had given to us. You know, through the years, I have learned, uh, even from an early from the early days of my rebirth, I have learned that there are certain things that you know by the Spirit when you get born again. No one has to teach you or instruct you about them because simply the Spirit of God is in constant communication with your inward man, with your spirit man, and lets you know of certain things. Now, that knowledge that the Spirit communicates to your spirit is passed on to your mind. That's how we receive revelation knowledge. Amen? Amen. The Holy Spirit has come to live in our spirits, not in our mind, not in our emotions, not in our physical bodies, but within our spirits. So the Spirit of God and our spirit are joined together. And as a result, that, that, that joining together brings with it inward knowledge. There are certain things that you know, but you don't know how you know. You just know that you know. For example, if you've been born again, you know that you're saved. You know that one day you will end up with Jesus in heaven. Amen? How do you know that? You can't explain it. You just know it. Because the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit. Amen? Amen. The same way there are certain things that you know what you're supposed to do. Because you have been in touch or your spirit has been in communication with the Holy Spirit. Now, the values I'm going to be sharing with you today are the values which I have been taught to practice from an early spiritual age, the things that the Spirit of God has taught me to practice in my own journey. So I'm going to be sharing some of my experiences, how I learned to follow the Spirit, how I learned to educate my inward man, how I learned to fortify my inward man, 
so that I can face the challenges that I had faced. And I trust you will learn something as well if already the Holy Spirit has not taught you. Now, these values that I'm going to be sharing with you have helped me through the years to ride the waves, maintain my faith, and overcome the storms of life that we face from time to time. Amen? And one of the things the Holy Spirit will teach us, if we are teachable, amen? Some of us need to become more teachable, more sensitive to the guidance, the promptings, the leadership of the Holy Spirit within us. He taught me the importance of maintaining my spiritual health and vitality on an ongoing basis. No breaks in between. Not in one day and out the next. Amen? Not being strong for a few weeks and backsliding for the next three months. But maintaining that spiritual vitality that spiritual readiness, that inward strength that is required to live the life of faith, to live the life that is pleasing to the Lord. Amen? Amen. And as our coach, you know, the Holy Spirit is our spiritual guide and teacher and coach. He will emphasize the importance again and again of these spiritual exercises or disciplines to which we need to give ourselves to on a consistent basis if we are to keep our light burning brightly or maintain our saltiness in the world that we are living in. Are you listening to me? This was at least my experience when I was born again. One of the first things I realized and understood by the Spirit was that I needed to pay attention to the written Word of God and devote quality time to reading it, to studying it, and to meditating it. That is so important. Not just reading it. And you say, well, I've read two chapters today. I've done my duty. No, devoting quality time from our busy lives to really dive into the Word, to meditate in it, to study it deeply as well as read it. Amen? The Lord by the Spirit would highlight certain scriptures to my mind And through them, he would communicate the value and the importance of this spiritual exercise. One of the things that, if you've experienced that, you know what I'm talking about. People who are truly born of the Spirit, especially in the first few months, they are invaded by a spiritual hunger that is given by the Spirit of God. You hungry for the Word. You desire the Word. Amen? And that's one sure sign of a spiritual healthy person. 
Like physically, we're not well. What, what, what happens? What's the first thing that happens? We lose our appetite. We don't want to eat. Am I right? And one of the spiritual signs of a person who's not spiritually healthy, he loses or she loses the appetite for the Word of God. Not interested. Hello, days can go by, weeks can go by, not even opening your Bible. You don't, you don't want to read. You don't feel like it. There's no hunger. There's no thirst for the things of God. That means it's a good indication that spiritually you need to get into shape. Repent. Say, I'm sorry, Lord, please forgive me. I've lost my hunger for the things of God. I have been giving myself to feeding from the table of the world, and that has quenched my spiritual hunger for the things of God. I repent. I ask you to forgive me, and I'm asking you to replace that spiritual hunger within my spirit. Amen? Amen. Let's look at some of these verses. One of the verses that the Spirit of God highlighted to my spirit early on is found in Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 16. I love this verse of Scripture. Jeremiah says, speaking by the Spirit to God in prayer, he says, your words were found, and I ate them. Imagine that. Now, he's speaking, of course, figuratively. You, you can't eat the pages of the Bible. He's talking spiritually. He says, I found your words, and I ate them. I devoured them. And your word was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Do you see how he feels about the word? You see, Jeremiah's life was tough. His assignment was humanly impossible to accomplish. And he knew that the Word of God was his only source of strength, his only source of joy, and therefore he devoured it. He literally ate it. And in it, he said he found strength in order to accomplish the mission or the assignment that God had given him. He faced some tough opposition in order to fulfill his call. But he was able to complete it. Why? Because he knew where the source of his strength was. So many times we run elsewhere rather than running to the source of our strength. We run, some people run to the bottle, some people run to the pills. Others run to shopping or anywhere else and everywhere else except where the real strength lies. When you're in trouble, the first thing you need to do is run to the Lord, run to the Word. Shut the door behind you, as Jesus said, and go into your prayer closet and there, wait on God. Begin to study, to read His Word. Be still and quiet and listen because as you listen to the Lord, He imparts strength and encouragement and hope and builds you up. I recall many years ago when my wife and I ran a supermarket, 
And I would come home sometimes short-tempered, frustrated. My wife would say, go upstairs. Just go upstairs, please. Get away from here. Well, she knew what was upstairs. It was my prayer closet. And I would go upstairs and spend 20, 30 minutes in prayer, and I would come down a different person altogether, refreshed and renewed and strengthened, and my mood would change and my attitude would change. Just being with God for half an hour. Hello? Are you still here? So we run to God, nowhere else. He is the source of our strength, the source of our joy. And so it is with us. The Word of God is our only source of strength. Amen? And if we are to resist and overcome all kinds of opposition, we need to be people of the Word of God, devoted to its instructions, devoted to its values, and devoted and surrendered to its principles. God gave this secret to Joshua many years ago when he called him to lead his people into the promised land. Let's look at the instruction the Lord gave to Joshua. He could have told him to do so many other things, but he didn't. He just gave him one instruction, and it is found in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. This book of the law, he said to Joshua, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in a day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. God didn't say to him, I'm going to make you prosperous, and I'm going to make you a success. He said, you will make your way prosperous, and you will make good success. I've given you the tools to do it with. God doesn't make you prosper. You make yourself prosper when you put into practice the very things that God had instructed us to do. So if you're not prospering, if you're not successful, don't blame God. Don't blame the government. Don't blame your neighbor. Don't blame your wife. Don't blame your husband. Blame yourself. Because God said you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. When will he do that? When he follows the instructions that God had given him in verse 8. He goes on to say to him, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If you notice, in the first nine verses of chapter 1 of Joshua, God commands Joshua three times to be strong and of good courage. To be strong, he repeats it. God doesn't repeat things for the sake of repeating and filling up the pages. He wants to emphasize certain things. He said, be very strong and very courageous. And then he tells him how to be strong and how to be courageous. In verse 8, this is how you're going to be strong. This is how you're going to have good courage. This is how you're going to have hope in a hopeless world. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it. 
day and night, or just sometimes, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So here we see three things we are to do with the Word. Number one, we are to continually speak and say what God says through His Word. Regardless of what it looks like, regardless of what it feels like, we do not walk by sight, we do not walk by feeling, we walk by faith. We are to say what God says. And in order for you to know what God says, you're going to have to study the Word and meditate in a day and night so that you may observe and know what God thinks and says about every situation in life. What He says about you, what He says about your marriage, what He says about your children, your grandchildren, what He says about your future, what He says about your vocation in life. God has an opinion about everything when it comes to you and I. So if you're going to speak, and if you're going to say, you need to know what God says. You need to know how God thinks. Amen? Most of our speech needs to be altered, needs to be changed, because it's not in line with God's Word. It's filled with doubt very often, filled with fear, filled with unbelief. Hello? Words are very powerful. The words that come out of our mouths carry spiritual power. The Word of God says the power of life and death is in your tongue. Why do we keep speaking negatively about ourselves, about our country, about our situation? When God has given us His all-powerful Word. Hello? You can, you can kill yourself with your words, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Or you can give yourself life and even more abundant. Amen? So we must learn to speak and say what God says. Amen? And one of the first things you need to learn is to find out and learn what God thinks about you. Hello? So this is the first thing we need to do. Secondly, we are to diligently meditate in the Word or think about the Word. Let our minds be filled with the Word day and night. And thirdly, we are to observe to do what it says. It's not not good just learning the Word or memorizing the Word. It's doing what it says. It's practicing it. Amen? John Bevere has a statement which I like. He says that spiritual growth and development, it's not a matter of time, and it's not a matter of learning, but it is a matter of obedience. You grow by being obedient to the Word of God and to the prompting and leading of the Spirit of God. So we practice it. We speak the Word, we think the Word, and we put the Word into practice. 
And you need a strong spirit to do that. And that strength comes from spending time in the Word of God. Are you still with me? So what, the, what God is telling us is that the Word of God must become our compass in life. It must become our map for life and the most loved and desirable asset we possess. Many years ago I wrote in the front of my Bible, sin will keep you away from this book or this book will keep you away from sin. Show me your Bible and I'll tell you how clean your life is. Dirty Bible, clean life. <laughs> clean Bible. <laughs> Amen. So, as we meditate and learn from its pages, I have learned this. In times of need, the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance words passages that you studied and read to either give you direction, either give you comfort, or strengthen you in your time of need, or whatever else you might need at the time. All of a sudden, in your mind, a scripture pops up. It pops up because it was in your spirit in the first place. How did it get there? Because you took the time to put it there. If, God, if you want God to speak to you, on a continual basis, you've got to learn to his language. Amen? So when we deposit the word of God into our spirits and our minds, in the time of need, the word or the spirit will bring to our remembrance. And you will know exactly what to do in that particular time. I found that to be so true in my own life. And I trust by now that if you have not been convinced, you are convinced that you cannot maintain your spiritual vitality without the written Word of God. Amen? The second, another important discipline we should be applying ourselves to, and one which the Holy Spirit emphasized to me its importance is daily prayer and fellowship with the Father in the Spirit. Daily prayer and fellowship, not just one way, but fellowship with the Father in the Holy Spirit. And in order to do that, it's going to cost us. Well, what do I mean? We need to take time, quality time, from our busy lives. All of us have the same amount of time, don't we? Amen. From our busy, busy lives and wait patiently on the Lord. And from my experience of pastoring the Lord's people for many years, I have found that many struggle in this area. Not just a few, but many struggle. They don't seem to have time or unwilling to make time for this important spiritual exercise. And as I said, all of us have the same amount of time. Some of us, though, recognize the true value and the blessedness of the spiritual discipline 
And what do we do? We prioritize our time. You don't have time? Go to bed earlier and get up earlier. Amen? Amen. Instead of going to bed 11, 12 o'clock, I don't know, watching TV, go to bed at 9 o'clock and get up at 5 o'clock. Amen? You don't need more hours of sleep. Hello? So, those of us who have prioritized their time, they have learned to put first things first. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. What do I mean by that? What do you mean, Lord, seek ye first the king? It's values, it's principles, it's wisdom to put first things first. Scripture says in Isaiah 40, verse 31, this verse of Scripture has been a source of strength throughout my journey of 38, 39 years now. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You hear people often say, I can't do this anymore. I'm exhausted. I am mentally and emotionally and spiritually exhausted. I can't take another step. I need a holiday. (laughs) And so they come back from holiday. They need another holiday from the holiday they had. We're not sending you back, so you can forget it. If you are exhausted, if you find that you can't cope with what life presents you, I have a word of wisdom for you. Do what Isaiah 40, 31 says. But they that wait upon the Lord shall do what? Renew. Say renew. Renew. Renew their strength. And they who wait upon the Lord shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and they will not faint. Why? Because God renews our strength every single day as we take time to wait on Him. Psalm 27 verse 14 says, Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And He shall strengthen your heart, your spirit. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Do you see the value? Daily prayer and fellowship with the Father strengthens our inner man. It fortifies and charges our spirit like you charge a battery. You know, when your cell phone runs out of battery, you can't communicate anymore. It's no good. What do you do? We've got to learn some of these lessons. You charge it. You you put it back into the source of strength. And that's what we need to be doing on a daily basis. Plug into God. Amen? He's always ready and He's always available. You don't have to make an appointment and go through half a dozen secretaries to go and see him? Hello? He's always ready, always available for us. Longs to have fellowship with us. 
Amen? And we must learn to delight in His presence. Amen? God loves you. He thinks the world of you, and He wants to have fellowship with you. He wants to communicate heart to heart certain things that He wants you to know in order for you to be a success. Amen? We pray for wisdom, but we never wait on God to impart to us that wisdom. We pray for guidance, but we never wait on God to impart that spiritual guidance that we need. We pray for strength, but we don't take the time to wait on God to impart to us that spiritual stamina and strength that we need. Amen. Amen. These waiting times on the Lord are times when we make ourselves available to Him to speak to us, to make His will known to us, to communicate His desires and His thoughts to us. These waiting times, I don't know, for me, help to quieten my mind. You know, your mind, you, you can be still physically, but your mind is very active. You are all over the place. Even when you come to church, you sit there, but your mind is thinking on something else, you know? We're worshiping, but your mind is on your house, your mind is on your work, your mind is on your problem, rather than on focusing on God. Amen? The mind can be a very naughty thing. Yeah, you got to discipline it. You got to rein it in, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. But this has helped me to quieten my mind and to reflect on the goodness of God. Psalm 46, verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Praise God. You got to be still, not just physically, but mentally. Quieten down. In the stillness of our mind and in the stillness and quietness of our emotions, we learn to discern things in the Spirit and become knowledgeable of the ways and the thoughts of God. And through this exercise, our minds are being renewed with God's thoughts. It's like we go through an exchange of thoughts. We let our mind be still and God begins to minister to us through the Spirit. He would bring you a picture sometimes. He would give you a vision another times. I, I, I don't know about you, but this, this practice, this spiritual exercise has helped me tremendously through the years and enabled me to discern the various seasons and the times of my journey with the Lord. As I waited on the Lord, I would see things in the Spirit ahead in my future. And I would know exactly where I was headed. I, I couldn't discern the exact timing, but I would see what God prepared for me. The Bible says when the Spirit comes... He will do what? One of the things He will do, He will show you. Show you what? Things to come in your life, in your future. Amen? And I would see things, and I would go into places with my spirit 
that I had never been to physically. And let me tell you something. If you don't go there spiritually, you will never get there physically. You have to go there first in the spirit before you get there in the natural. And I would see, I would travel into places I've never been to. And I would see myself behind a pulpit preaching the gospel. And as I've seen it, so it happened. But you know, if you don't take the time to wait on God, you won't know. You won't know. Amen? And these things that I've seen, the visions, the impressions, the promptings, sometimes it's very difficult to explain spiritual things in natural terms. But for spiritual people, you know, they understand what I'm talking about. Because they've experienced it. And, and those things that I've seen have helped me to prepare for what lay ahead, not just in my own personal life and family, but also in my ministry. And I have found true ministry from the Lord ministering to me again and again through this exercise. I encourage you, practice it. In the beginning, you may find it difficult. In the beginning, you may say, well, it's a waste of time. But listen, God rewards persistence. Amen? And I would say this. One of the main reasons believers are not hearing from God, this is one of the main reasons, is because their minds are overloaded with noise and activities. I want to say that again. One of the main reasons believers, children of God, born-again believers, are not hearing from God is because their minds are overloaded with noise and activity. We always got, got to have some noise going on in the background. We get in the car, we put the radio on. Well, if you're not listening to preaching or some healthy... Shut it off. Unless it's worship. Are you listening to me? We've got to, we have guests very often. We sit there, and instead of communicating one another, we have the TV blaring on. Shut it down. Be quiet. <laughs> but you know what? Some of us don't want that quietness. We're not comfortable with it. Are you listening to me? We've got to learn that. When your minds are filled with noise, as a result, you're not hearing from God. And then what happens is your spiritual senses. Listen, just like you and I have physical senses, we have five physical senses, your spirit man has also senses. Spiritual senses. And when that happens, your spiritual senses are overpowered by the noise, and they are silenced. And the Word of God says that God's Spirit within you does not shout. His voice is so gentle, and if we are not paying attention, we are likely to miss what He's communicating. Amen? A biblical example of what I'm teaching you this morning 
is found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. I'm sure that all of you have read this passage of Scripture. Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. Now it happened as they went that Jesus entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. I wonder to how many of us Jesus would say the same thing today. You are worried, you are fearful, and you are troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. Are you listening there? One thing is needed. Not many, one. And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. What did Mary choose? She sat at his feet and waited on the Lord as he ministered to her. Here we clearly see the contrast between the two sisters. Martha was preoccupied with much, and she had a good excuse, folks. What would you do if 82 people rocked up in your house uninvited? <laughs> Amen. You would be running around to accommodate them. Preoccupied, much work, which leaves her no time to fellowship or listen to the Lord. But Mary chose what is best. You know what? All of us who are born again by the Spirit of God have welcomed Jesus into our hearts. Haven't you? You said, Lord, come into my heart. I surrender my life. You are my Lord. We welcomed him into our own houses. But you know what? Only very few have time to sit with him and truly fellowship with his word. Sad. Oh, how much we truly forfeit by neglecting this valuable, valuable exercise. I'm trying to finish, Michael. I don't know how far I can go. But um, fasting. Fasting is another powerful discipline as well as a spiritual weapon that enables us to crucify the flesh, to put it under. On the subject of fasting, Jesus said, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have the reward. But you, when you fast, Siobhan mentioned three wins today. When you give, when you pray, when you fast. Not if, but when. Anoint your head, wash your face, 
so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. We see here that Jesus includes fasting in the life of his disciples, regular seasons of fasting. Not only are we called to fast, but he also gives us directions on how to do it. True fasting, I believe, has many benefits. Scripture teaches us that. And as Jesus said, the Father rewards you openly. Before all, there is an open reward. There is favor upon your life. There is the blessing of the Lord that is evident in your life. That is an open reward for those who engage in this exercise. You see, abstinence from food weakens the flesh and strengthens our inner man. That's what it literally does. It denies the most basic and the strongest desires of the flesh. It detaches us from this physical, natural realm and opens up our spirit to the unseen realm of the spirit. You become more sensitive spiritually when you fast. Are you listening to me? Because fasting wakens. It stirs up our spiritual senses because the flesh is weakened to receive much easier the signals or the promptings that the Holy Spirit gives us within. It makes us more aware and more sensitive to the spiritual realm. And what's most important as well, it has many, many benefits. And Isaiah chapter 58, in verse 8, 11, and 12, gives you some of the benefits of fasting. Listen. Your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. These are all blessings and benefits of those who fast according to the Word of God, of true biblical fast. And then he goes on to say, The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought. Strengthen your bones. Your bones need strength. Fasting will do it, the Bible says. Well, you shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of waters whose waters do not fail. And those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairer of the bridge and the restorer of streets to dwell in. What, what benefits the Word gives us? when we put into practice these spiritual disciplines. And finally, I think I'll finish, Michael. An additional value is being considerate and caring for the spiritual family that God placed you in. Very important. Listen to what Hebrews 10, 24, 25 says. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, 
as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. This is one of the values the Holy Spirit taught me right from the beginning of my walk with the Lord. I wasn't always a pastor, didn't have always a church. I was a member of a local church in the town where I grew up spiritually. And this is one of the first values the Spirit of God taught me, to embrace and love the spiritual family I was part of and commit to its growth and welfare. In other words, I got involved. I didn't just sit on the side and became a spectator or a consumer. I became a contributor in ways, in many ways, in praying for the church, in giving my tithes, my offerings to the storehouse I was part of. Why? Because God called us to consider one another. Amen? To pray and encourage one another and embrace the mission of your spiritual family. You make it your own. And you commit to it to see that that mission that God has given to your family is accomplished. You speak to others about your faith. You bring others to the gathering. Amen? When was the last time you invited a friend to come to church with you? Hello? Ouch, that's so. We are not to be just spectators, folks, but contributors towards the health and the welfare of the family God placed you. Is this your family? Look around. Amen. That means we're not only to pray for the family, but also to contribute financially to its needs and outreaches. And this is where our giving comes in, of first fruits, of tithes and offerings. And the Word says we must stir up love. How do we do that? We ask the Holy Spirit to give us creative ideas. How to stir up love and good works. Amen? That means we've got to come up with creative ideas in expressing our love and our care for one another and for those that are outside. Building bridges. Making friends with those who do not know the Lord. And slowly, slowly influencing them. I love Philip. He's on fire for God. You don't mind me saying that. He sends me a message yesterday and he says, Pastor, I want you to know that tonight I'm going to host a church in my own house. And he gives me a whole list of names that I've never heard before. And he says, they will be attending church with me today. He invited his whole family and some of his friends. Amen? I love that. Amen. This is what the church needs for it to grow, folks. We get involved with people. And we get involved with our spiritual family. And of course, this exercise involves various things. Using our time, our gifts, our talents 
to further the work which the Lord has committed to us. And I know many of you are doing things. You're not just sitting. You know, every time I look at you, I see that you, you are involved. You, you are contributing. You are here. Hello? Nick, for example, every week he goes. He picks up people, brings them to church. And so many others of you are getting involved. And that's what God requires of us. That's how we grow. That's how we develop spiritually. That's how we grow as a family. Amen? And the Word says we need to be present in our gatherings, whether in body or on the screen. But it's nice to have you in body also. Some of you I haven't seen for ages. Are you listening to me? I missed you. You know who you are. You know, it's comfortable. I understand some of us have a, le- a, 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 a good excuse because sometimes we are attending to a loved one, to a sick one, and all of that. But please don't make that a habit. The Bible says, don't neglect the forsaking of yourselves together, whether in body or on the screen. Be present. Amen? So that we can... You can be seen and you can be heard so that we can exhort one another and encourage one another. Amen? I get encouraged when I see you in church. If I don't see some of you for one, two, three weeks, I get concerned. I call Michael. Hey, Michael, what's happened to so-and-so? I haven't seen him. Shepherd cares. He knows where his sheep are, at least he should. How are they doing spiritually? Amen? How are they doing emotionally? Are they struggling with things? Do they need prayer? Are you with me? And so, following these instructions that I've given you this morning, and being faithful and consistent in engaging the Lord through these spiritual principles, you will grow, you will develop your inward man, and you will be able to face all kinds of challenges. Amen? Your spiritual, emotional, and mental health will be fully restored. Amen? Which in turn, of course, will also affect your physical health. But listen carefully. Continual negligence of these very spiritual disciplines will do the opposite will lead us to a place the Bible calls spiritual slumber. Sleep. And brothers and sisters, I say this with pain in my heart. A large section of the church is spiritually asleep. We need an awakening. We need a revival. We need our spirits and our souls to become on fire for God and for the kingdom of God and for the things of God. It is time. In fact, the Apostle Paul, writing to the Romans, he says to them in Romans 13, 11, and do this knowing that the time knowing the time that now it is high time to awake 
out of sleep. What time is it spiritually? It is high time for all of us, for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, to wake out, to wake up from our spiritual slumber. And he goes on to say, Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in drunkenness, in revelry, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Amen? We must wake up, spiritually speaking, and wake up others. Call someone on the phone and say, let's pray. Let's spend a few minutes in prayer. WhatsApp is free. There are other gadgets that you can pray on the telephone. You don't have to drive for hours to get to a place to pray with someone. Amen? Let's stand and pray. Father, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you for these spiritual tools that you have given us so freely in order to engage you with, in order to develop our inward man, in order to renew our minds, in order to become spiritually fit to run the race, to fulfill our purpose, and to do those good works which you have called each one of us to do, works that you have already prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Oh, Lord, We ask for help. That you would give us grace and mercy. We repent of our negligence. We repent for neglecting these very basic spiritual disciplines that you have given us. And we ask you to forgive us. But to give us an understanding of the value of them and to help us engage in them so that we can be strong in you, dear Lord, and walk the life that is pleasing to you. Lord, I thank you for our congregation. I thank you for every family, every man, every woman, every child. And I bless them today in the name of the Lord. I pray for favor. I pray for grace. I pray for mercy. I pray that you would help each one of us, especially those that are struggling in these areas, that you would supernaturally enable them, Father, by the power of your Spirit, so that we may walk as you have called us to walk and give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.